Welcome back to another impactful night of Impact Educational Leadership. This is episode 182. I'm your host, ID34 Isaiah Drone III. Tonight's panelists are Carl Berry, Don Witty, Buddy, Pop Social Changes Pro, and Randy Boom Boom Blake. Randy Boom Boom Blake, please hello to the people. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> and Don Witty, please hello to the people. Hi, I'm Don Witty, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Carl Berry, please say hello to the people, sir. My people, my people, how y'all doing? Oh, it's going to be on tonight. And Buddy Thornton, Puzzle Changes Pro, please I say hello again to the people because we know you are here all the time, time, time. Yes, my brother, I am here, and you are so gracious to invite me, and I appreciate that. My esteemed panel mates uh, just make me feel like tonight is going to be a vortex of epicness. Ooh, don't start. Don't start. Don't start it. Don't start nothing. Listen, tonight's topic is interrupt the chaos. Interrupt the chaos. Interrupt the chaos. Tonight we got some world changers. Not only are they sought after speakers, sought after reachers, sought after mediators, and, and world champion heavyweight fighters of the world. But those panelists that we have tonight, the panelists that we have tonight, know all about the topic, interrupt the chaos. Let me first go, let me go to Buddy Thornton. What was your thoughts when you got the topic for the night, sir? Chaos surrounds us. One of my favorite statements is life is messy. And that defines the fact that chaos is something we have to be aware of. And I looked at the statistics and uh, yep, chaos is still here. So yes, chaos is definitely an apropos topic for tonight and especially with this panel. Ooh, fire. Carl Berry, same question. What was your thoughts when you got the topic for the night? Interrupt the chaos. Actually, like Buddy, I thought about one of the favorite sayings I come across, which was actually what they call the rusty nail theory. Uh, rusty nail is dangerous, it's gangrenous, it's uh, uh, injurious to your health, but I know how to sit on that nail. Uh, when I get off the nail into an area where I'm facing the resistance of the vortex, I, I'm not so sure if I wouldn't rather go back and deal with the pain I'm comfortable with rather than to deal with the, the purpose that I should be uh, fighting. Oh, my goodness. Randy Boom Boom Blake, what was your thoughts, sir? I'm curious to know when you heard the topic for the night. <laughs> oh, man, you know, it's just pretty much the same thing with, with everyone just said. Um you know, chaos is here. And more importantly, chaos is not leaving in any time soon, but how do we deal with it? We got to interrupt it. We got to have a counter punch. And uh, I'm excited to kind of explore different uh, avenues from everyone and, and let's see how we can deal with it. Woo, I, I got chills. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, I got chills. This is gonna be, listen, you have to share this podcast. I already know this is gonna be so good. Don Witty, Dr. Don Witty, what was your thoughts when you got top for the night? Interrupt the chaos. Well, you know, I think everything works in divine alignment and divine order. And it's so perfect because we, we I was scheduled to do this podcast last week, I believe. And um, it got rescheduled to today. And it was perfect because today was the day that there was so much chaos in my morning. And I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect topic to be discussing today because I was able to interrupt it. And, you know, that's how the divine works. And I just love how it all like unfolded. So this is the perfect time. Oh, this is, listen, it is the perfect time. And I too went through some things this week that were chaotic. And when I think about the word chaotic, I think about storms. I think about those thunderstorms. I think about those strong storms like those hurricanes. What about tornadoes? Those those tornadoes, everyone knows when a tornado is upon us, the world stands still. Because you don't want to move to the wrong spot when there's a tornado out. You're not at the, you're not having a picnic in the park 
when there's a tornado warning because you respect that type of chaos. So I believe tornadoes are a perfect example of chaos and, and the way we think about chaos or chaos theory. Now we can predict weather patterns when they're short, but sometimes they just appear without any factors, without any signs, any warning. They just, they just hit us. Sometimes they slam us. And so it's impossible for us to predict our lives on a day-to-day basis. But what we can do, we can become stormproof. What we can do, we can bounce back after that horrible storm. We can come out of it. We can, though we're afraid, though we're shaky, we can get back to some type of normalcy. And so this, the panel tonight is, I'm just, I'm so, I'm really excited because we've all had some storms in our lives. We've had storms in our lives that shook us, but at the end of the storm, it proved that we were stormproof. Brandy Blake, I'm Brandy Boom Boom Blake. I'm I'm coming, I'm coming down your lane. You are a five-time world champion, and I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> I know you went through some things that shook your faith, that shook your character, that shook your identity, that shook the very fiber of who you were to the point where you were holding on by your claws, you were holding on by your fingernails and in holding on through the storm that was blowing you every which way but loose, you found who you were. How did the storm, how did chaos find you? How did chaos give you your name? How did chaos help you to give yourself a brand? How did it happen? We want to walk with you. Talk about it. Mm, man. Yeah, put your seatbelts on, ladies and gentlemen. No, so yeah, I, I like that you, you kind of put that out there that sometimes it just happens and you know we don't necessarily think that it's going to because we, we kind of live in this uh performance world of everything's going to go great everything's going to go good and then sometimes when it happens it just hits us right so for me and i and i've had many of these these uh, instances but i think one of my greatest uh, adversities or chaoses or chaotic moments or tornadoes would have had to been uh, I would say my world title fight it was my my third world title uh, I was fighting a guy from Great Britain uh, he was coming into my hometown my home territory and there was just some things I just noticed about this guy when I fought him or when I watched his uh, his, his uh, fight footage he'd always drop his hand his right hand and I said, well, I think the left foot can land. And my coaches all agreed. They said, no, we're going to knock this guy with the left hook. Like, he's going down with the left hook. He doesn't know how to keep his hands up. He has crappy defense. So I trained countless hours and weeks. I mean, 12 weeks. Ain't right, slept. Everything went perfect as far as training camp goes. I get into that fight. I'm confident, and I knew I was going to knock this guy out. I just knew it. I was going to knock him out with the left hook. Bell uh, dings. We we went uh, tip for tap, punches, kicks. Uh, there came one moment in that first round where we got into a, a, a clinching situation. Just meaning, you know, he wrapped his arms around mine, I wrapped my arms around his. Um, I shot a knee to the stomach. So he called a foul. So you can't really call your own foul, but if the referee kind of sees it, he'll give the foul to that, that opponent. So you get up to five minutes to recover. And 
both fighters have to go into what's called a neutral corner. So you don't get to go into your coach's corner. You go into a neutral corner and both guys have to wait. So one, one guy, me, I'm waiting to go get this guy. And the other guy, which is my opponent, he was trying to recover. So all of a sudden, I just happened to look down and my left arm, my left bicep was like not attached to my arm anymore. It was rolled up all the way up underneath my armpit. And it was in that moment when the pain receptors kicked in. Now I'm freaking out because I'm going WTF moment. <laughs> I got a five round fight. It's the first round. I've trained countless weeks and hours and done everything I possibly could do to lay this guy out. And the one technique that I've drilled over and over and over again, I can't even use it anymore. And so, and if you know me, what's, what's funny about that too, is uh, I'm a prankster. I love to play pranks. And when I say pranks, like the happy pranks, right? Not, not, I'm not going to, you know, take the air out of your tires and make you get into a car accident. But, you know, it was just funny during the fight, or at least during that break, I look over to my coach and I go, hey, I think I broke my arm. And he looked back at me and he said, boy, stop playing. Stop playing with me. You know, you in the world title championship match and you up here playing games, you're going to get us knocked out. I said, oh, coach. I said, look at my arm. And it's just spazzing and it's just dangling around. So uh, just a quick interjection. I tore my um, – my my bicep tendon at the distal end. It was one of the most it's one of the most uh, horrific tears you could ever do. It's, it's up there with the rotator cuff and the ACL and all that. So you basically you lose the ability to pronate and you lose the ability to supinate. So simply meaning you lose the ability to turn like a doorknob, turning the volume up up and down on the uh, the notch of your radio. So for me to translate that, I lost the ability to make a left hook. <laughs> and uh so that was my storm i overcame it due to my coaches uh it was a it was a very hard fight um i knocked him down a couple times like one in the fourth and the fifth round i, I came out victorious but to me that that was a, a very difficult moment um i came out of it and just shortly after that I thought that, okay, I'll, I'll go in, I'll do the uh, physical therapy, you know, I'll, I'll rehab my arm and I'll get back to fighting. And that was really where almost like a, a sense of depression kind of kicked in because I was once a superhero. You know, I was a guy that all my, all my students and everybody looked up to. I, was, I felt like I was on top of the world. So even though I won this world title fight, I didn't have the arm and I didn't feel myself and you know it was just like the domino effect so that happened and then my grandmother's passed away literally on my mom and my dad's side within four months of each other and then I caught myself in a lawsuit you know from the fight due to you know some uh, insurance issues and whatnot so it was just storm after storm after storm and I just didn't feel like I could recover and that lawsuit went four years so 2020 you know everything just kind of worked out but I think that's the cool part about um, this topic even though you have a storm that storm's only going to last for so long but if you'll just keep your hands up you'll keep your mouthpiece in you'll bite down and keep moving forward, you'll get through that storm. See, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I gotta open the panel. I gotta open up the panel because I, I heard as you were talking, now you are, you are a five-time world champion, but you still were defeated in some instances outside of the ring. So I, I wanna I wanna talk about defeat. I, I wanna talk about being defeated. I wanna talk about being beat down. I wanna talk about being slammed. I wanna talk about that human experience when you've you've been defeated, but you wanna come out. You wanna come out of it, but you're so afraid of what you might see. 
you want to have a new life, but you need some help to make sure you get it right. You need that guidance to make sure you get it right. I, I want to talk. I, I want. I want to open a panel. It's, that's what I want to do because you, the chaos for a world time champion is is injury. People people look on the outside and they see, you know, here's this belt that's around his waist or you know he's holding on his shoulder. But they don't know all the pain that this man or this woman is feeling to carry that title of a champion. I, I want to talk about the defeat of the mind, the defeat of the injury, the defeat of the wound, the defeat of the sword, the defeat of crying when everyone else is gone about their busy schedules during their daily tasks and they don't see your tears. They don't see your sweat. They can't taste your blood in your mouth. That's what I want to talk about. The panel is open. I want to talk, let's, let's, the question is, how do we, how do we deal with unlearning defeat? How do we deal with unlearning anxiety? How do we deal with unlearning that thing that people call depression? The panel is open. Let's take that first. Well, I'll jump in because I have a story that's not the same as Randy's, but I think Randy will relate with it very well since I know he is a very, very dedicated father. As uh, most people know, I'm a great-grandfather, so I've got a lot of experience with a lot of generations. But back when I was much younger, when my two oldest girls were uh, mid-teenagers, uh, I got up to go to work one morning and uh, about 6.30 in the morning, and I got a phone call, and I answered it, and this guy said, well, this is Sergeant so-and-so of the Glendale Police Department. Uh, do you know where your daughters are? And I said, well, yeah, they're, they're upstairs in their beds asleep. And he said, uh, I'll hold while you go check. <laughs> I didn't need to go check once he said that. I knew they weren't there. But my wife went upstairs and she checked, and sure enough, they were not there. And then he told me that they had some escapades with a couple of young gentlemen that they had went <clears throat> overnight with uh, out onto the town, I guess is a good way to say it. And anyways, uh, to make a long story short, there were people in our inner group and external to that group who, you know, immediately started saying, well, you know, look at this guy. He's all, you know, Mr. Uh, upright, very pro-social, very pro-parent, very involved in his kids' lives. And, uh, you know, look, look, he must have really stunk the world up uh, if he couldn't even keep his uh, girls in check. And so I had to look in, in the mirror. I had to look inside myself and say, you know, exactly where do we go with this? Because this isn't me. I know this isn't me. And even though my oldest daughter told me she made bad choices, she had good parents. She had, she had made the bad choices. It took me a long time and introspection to understand that you can be defeated by something that you have absolutely no control over. And that's what pushed me to develop choice dynamics and to learn all about conflict and, and how things can invade your space and hurt you and how you can find ways to overcome that. And I, I've been dealing with that for more than three decades now. But I think uh, Randy, Randy, you know, Randy's uh, a younger father. He has younger children. But, you know, when you get that call and the chaos is about to fly in your face, it isn't just that immediate chaos, but it's the chaos, the aftermath. It's the stink that you have to walk away from or you have to repair in your own mind. You have to convince yourself that you didn't do anything wrong. And even if you did something wrong, you can climb back out of that hole. Just because you used a shovel to dig in doesn't mean you can't build a ladder and climb out. Oh, that's good. That's really good. The panel's still open. We're talking about unlearning anxiety and unlearning depression. How do you do it? Who's next? Well, my story's a lot different from Buddy's or uh, Boom Boom because I was the source of my own 
tornado. Uh, I spent from age 14 to age 42 in active addiction in a way that I was a functioning addict and had honorable, I was an all-American athlete. I was honor society steward. I was mid-level manager with a major corporation and I was a drug addict all day, every day. And it was the gift of desperation of the tornado that I created in my own life that was what allowed me to get away from me and to, as Dr. Whitty would probably say, move and seek a defined uh, entering my life in a way that allowed me to not seek uh, my own understanding, but to go to a prescribed methodology of following a power greater than me which allowed me uh, to overcome, and I too now, like Buddy, am a, a great grandfather. And uh, most of the people don't believe my history, and I have to struggle to remember it. But it, it's still there, and the tornado definitely reminds me of it. Thanks. Wow! And so the gift of desperation. You hear that when you when you're talking to people, not only that were on. On drugs, but people that that were homeless, because God was giving them to a point of rebirth, and the only way they could get it was to was in their desperation. I'm, I'm reminded of the ancient scriptures that there was this woman that was in the Bible who had an issue of blood. and she had had it for a long time. I don't know if it was twelve years or more. But it was a long time to be suffering with this type of issue. And the only way she got her breakthrough was by desperation. But her desperation, and it's not about this, but her desperation made her famous. Though she was not, that's not what she wanted. She just wanted to be healed. But her desperation made her a hallmark of faith. So when you said that, the gift of, def- of desperation, I, I believe that, that makes you, that, that also adds your name into the book, into the hallmark book of, of faith walkers. But the panel is still open. How do we teach people, Done. we come to you. Done. We, we come to you. How do you teach people, especially in your profession, how do you teach people to unlearn the trauma, to unlearn the anxiety, to unlearn that depression? Oh my gosh, this is such a powerful conversation. I love everything that we're talking about. You know, I think sometimes we have to get so uncomfortable in our lives to and maybe it's hitting rock bottom or just like getting to that pinnacle, that moment where we're like, I don't want to live like this anymore. And then we, we take, we can take steps and not every, every one of us chooses to take those steps to move us forward. Some people will sit in the uncomfortableness and the uneasiness, but it's that like thing in our soul that tells us like, we want more in this life. And one of the things that I've learned over, you know, the years of my life, and there's a lot of them, a lot of years, um, is like, give it to God, give it to the divine, whatever you call your source. You know, I don't, I don't ascribe to any one particular religion. I believe in the universal chords that, that stem throughout all belief systems give it to your higher power and 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 whenever anything any storm is happening in my life and no matter how stressful or chaotic it is at the moment i always say you know what this is happening for me this is happening for me you know again sometimes i have to like repeat the mantra over and over again because it's so frustrating in the moment but i say you know what i'm going to learn something from this something is going to come from this it's going to transform and nobody's life does not have a storm i work with children in africa who are literally looking at not being able to eat so every storm that comes into my life 
I'm always able to say, you know what, this too shall pass. And there is, there are so many, not just someone, so many people in this world that have such greater challenges than I do. And that's what keeps me grounded because I know that, you know what, I am very blessed. And I know that whatever is happening in my life is here to teach me some kind of lesson and to move me forward. Don, I'm glad you said it because you you opened up another dimension in the conversation. You opened up another, a new channel, a new portal, a, a new door. And so the panel was open. I want to ask this question next because Don, that was so good what you said. I too believe that our soul has a path. Now, whether there's light at the end of the path or, or there's darkness or, or there's chaos at the end of that path, I, I believe is necessary for us to have guidance because we want to get to the light. I don't think anybody wants to go through a, a tunnel just to stay in darkness. I feel that if you're traveling through a tunnel or if you're on a journey, you want to learn something. How important is it? And this, the panel is open. Who wants to take this first can? How important is it to know the pathway for your soul or, or your assignment or your mission or, or your journey? In other words, how important is it for you to know your earthly assignment and why you were created? What purpose you were created for and why you were created for that purpose? The panel's open. Who wants to take that first? Can I? Can I jump in there? Because I am, I'm, oh, I am so about purpose. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. My daughters are now in their 30s. And when I was raising my daughters, they were my purpose. I didn't wait. I, every morning I woke up and I knew, you know, that they were the thing that I was here to, to like, shepherd them into their adulthood. And when they got to be adults, I had, to, I went through that dark night of the soul, like, asking myself, what is your purpose now? Like your children are like grown and off. And I had to go on this path of self-discovery to figure out like, what is my purpose? And for a little bit, I remember like waking up every morning without that purpose. And it was like, okay, you're just doing the daily things that you do. And I was feeling like a huge void in my life. And until I started asking myself some questions saying, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you were created for? I think it is a process, right? Like, it's not just like you wake up and you're like, okay, I want to like go, you know, change the world. You, you ask yourself some questions. You go on a journey and you start stepping into it. But knowing the thing that sets your soul on fire, you know, the thing that you love, the thing that you would do all day, every day for free, without money, you know, and you would stay up until like two o'clock in the morning doing it. That is the thing. And so you have to put some pieces together and you have to start asking some questions. But I think that we can all get there if we ask the questions. And when you have that purpose, you don't have to know how, because the purpose should be bigger than knowing the how. Once you know the how, then maybe that purpose big enough so you know start taking those steps those leaps of faith and stepping out of your comfort zone and you know you know exploring the world and not being afraid to fail and not being afraid of the storms because the storms are going to come into everybody's lives and you know perspective also I want to say is like a big thing about our storms because I look at the storms that have happened in my life and like yes I acknowledge them. I don't discount them, but I also believe that I also know that there are people that have their storms are way more difficult than mine and challenging. So gratitude comes to play or being grateful for what we do have. And that helps us continue moving forward. And then, you know, the opportunities and things are going to start 
like coming into our path, even though we couldn't, we couldn't even envision them when we first started on that path. Oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. Who's who's next? Who's next? Dr. Don used the F word. And I think that's important. Uh, after overcoming my challenge, after Randy overcomed his challenge, uh, to whom much is given is much required. He had to figure out what was going to win that fight because it wasn't going to be the left hook. And so for me, what I had to do was ask myself one basic question because you can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But my question was simply this. Is God gonna be there? Is God of my understanding gonna be there when this happens? Even if the worst thing I think gonna happen happens, is God gonna be there? Is he gonna help me overcome and move on to the next phase? And the answer has always been yes. And so because of that, uh, you know, you said, say, show me your faith by my works. I'll show you without your works. I'll show you my faith by my work. You know, because all I have to do is work at it as if it all depends on me and pray about it as if it all depends on God. And I can rely on a positive outcome. May not be the outcome I want, but it's, I believe it's the outcome the divine wants for me. Oh, I told you this was going to be good. I told you this is going to be. I'm, I want to ask the next question, but who who's next? Who's next? <laughs> there is a, a very very simple core thing that mediators do, and I think Don would recognize this. You know, we seek to expand the room, expand the tent, however you want to look at it. But we also look for the situations where we know we come to the realization that there is no viable solution between two conflicted parties and chaos comes in very strange ways and different people cope with chaos in very 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 unique ways and so the three things that we look for to come up with a durable agreement and to get things going is are the parties on a very positive trajectory are they creating traction in the room and is the work that we're doing with my guidance as the mediator transforming them is there a way that they are growing in the moment and even if they don't end up coming up with some type of a viable solution did they each grow as individuals did i impart some kind of benefit to them because at the end of the day i can't guarantee there's going to be a durable agreement on the table but i can guarantee that i'm going to put 110 percent in and not excuse myself for any failure i may have created so and and it's that way with kids it's that way with you know businesses that are fighting it's just that's just the way of life you've got to find that the uh traits the the trajectory the traction and the transformation that one that was profound Absolutely profound. Let me say this, but Randy Boom Boom, did you have something? Uh, yeah, I could I could chime in on this one. Yeah, you know, it's it's really one of those things you never truly figure out until something sparks, right? Like if you had asked me sixteen years ago, would I be a public speaker? you know, motivational speaker, you know, you know, writing books and motivating people to be a, a better version of themselves. There's, there's no way I give you an answer. I, I couldn't, you know, <clears throat> years ago, I was a guy that was out partying, you know, uh, around the drugs, around the alcohol, you know, college dropout. I, I, I have all those variables and, you know, and then, really what saved me was was jumping into the fight game you know the, the fight career was, was something that I, I i never thought i'd be a world champion there's, there's there's no way you would have even at that i mean i wanted to be like michael jordan at least, at least I, I thought i could ball but I'm, I'm not on that level at all but those those little things and, and complexities just kind of led to uh in, in my life um 
deciding, okay, well, this, this is my purpose. And then most importantly for me is when I became a father, you know, that was probably my defining moment. And so, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, with, with Don and, you know, what, what Buddy said, it's just one, once, one, once, once, it, once it catches, you, 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 you ride that, that, that wave. And, and yeah. As, as the panelists were speaking, I, I thought about this small thing. And I, I don't want to uh, offend anyone on the panel, but I, I thought real small. I thought, I thought very minute. I thought very tiny. And it gave me a four-letter word that starts with an S and ends with a D. You know what that word was? A seed. I thought about a seed. I thought about how a seed is is planted in dirt, a dark, dark place, a place that's unknown, a place that's chaotic. But in that place, germination happens. And in that process of germination, there, there, there has to be air or wind. There has to be sunlight. There has to be water for that seed to develop. Because it started out as a seed. It had potential. But the seed had to go through a process in order for it to develop. And guess what? It was hidden. <laughs> it was hidden for a long time. And while it was hidden, in a sort of way, it was protected and it wasn't exposed. I would say it was more unexposed than protected because it, there were so many risk factors just being buried in dirt. Sometimes people, I believe sometimes God allows people to, to, to bury you, to bury you in dirt so that you can be dug out. And when you're dug out and you begin to grow, that's when you begin to realize that you had to be in the right position in order to develop. You had to be in the right environment in order to develop. And then when you develop, that's when you get the big picture. That all this time you went through all the things that you went through, all the factors that you went through, all the weather that you had to go through, because all this time, the garden was in you. And then you begin to understand that because the garden is in you, now, not only can you rely on your gifts, but now you can be fruit to other little seeds or seedlings. Carberry, I want to go to you. Is anxiety okay. is anxiety a disorder that lasts forever? In other words, if someone goes through trauma like yourself, is it the end all, be all, or is there a way out? Is there a way out? That's my question. For me, I, I, I thought about that question when you said it. And for me, uh, no. For me, anxiety is not everlasting. I can temporarily revert to an anxious state at any given moment. In the ghetto in Dallas, they call it going zippity-wop and ziggity-boom. So I can actually run to an anxious moment. But once I learned the formula that Dr. Don talked about, the formula of understanding faith, the formula of seeking input from my friends, seeking the we in my life to help me 
get to where I'm going to understand that that mustard seed turns into the biggest tree in the field and supports all sorts of life and shade and, and, and provisions. And that tree, if it's planted by the waters, is going to draw out even more nutrients to share with the world. And so anxiety is but another gift of desperation, especially if I've learned a formula to be able to find that God of my understanding and turn all my faith into service and obedience and not trying to figure it out myself. The problem has always been Carl. And when I can overcome this fool named Carl, I got a way to make it. Listen, I told y'all tonight was going to be hot. We are on a journey. We traveling. <laughs> we traveling through space. We traveling through time. We traveling through the air. Do you hear me? Buddy Thorne, I'm coming to you because that was so good. That was so good, Carberry. That was so good, Mr. Carberry. Buddy Thorne, I'm coming your way. You've been through so much. I just talked to you earlier today about some family things that you're going through you know between you and me but and and of course I'm I'm concerned because you have gone through so much chaos man you've gone through hell when we were in Las Vegas you I mean you had some episodes out there that was going on and but you, but somehow you 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 keep getting up. You've had injury after injury, after injury after injury, and you know, I'm be honest with you, audience. I said, but you're 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 accident prone because I was frustrated. I'm sorry for saying it like that, but I was frustrated because I'm like you you go through so, you go through so much, but yet you bounce back. You're resilient. My question for you, because everyone is not as strong as you are, do you recommend some type of, I would say, mediation, some type of guidance, some type of treatment, some type of support for for people that 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 are are trying to cope with anxiety and it's so hard, so difficult for them to manage it? Do they reach out for help? And if they do, what, I mean, what are the avenues? How do they do it? That's my question. Well, you did uh, unpack quite a bit there. And just so uh, we are very, very clear before I go on, uh, I love what Carl said because I get up in the morning and I look at myself and after I have a short conversation with my Lord, I go into the bathroom and I look at the mirror and I say, the mirror is my best friend. Because if it is to be, it has to be me. Now you say I'm accident prone and I say, I'm a victim of being on the edge of the envelope. I'm a victim of being the tip of the spear. I'm a victim of always over shooting the boundary because I think that that's what other people need from me and as long as my God lets me get up shake it off and keep moving forward that's what I'm going to do because that's me that's Carl that's Randy Boom Boom Blank he's got a little girl to live for you know we have lives to live every time I work with somebody I look at them and I say I love my family I will do anything for my family right there sits a human being who has a family of their own and they will do what it takes so how do we open that door how do we cope with the chaos and the anxiety that's going to come well uh, you were in the army I was in the navy navy guys when they first go out on a ship they, they tend to get a little bit seasick and what they do to teach them not to be seasick is they tell them Focus on the horizon, because no matter what the ship is doing, the horizon is not going to move. So if you can focus on the immovable object, hyper-focused on it even, that's going to calm you down enough to overcome your seasickness. And it works. I've seen it work for hundreds and hundreds of people. And so the first thing you do when you want to conquer anxiety is find something that's the familiar 
and hyper-focus on it. I like to walk into the kitchen, open the refrigerator door, take out an orange, and then start inspecting those little bumps and ridges on the skin before I peel it, before I want to eat it, before I want to savor it. I look at this and I say, this is a species that God put on this earth that is the perfect shape, a sphere, and yet it has tiny little imperfections. And it does exactly what you said, from seed to mouth, that's what it does. But when you start to hyper-focus on something like this, it creates mindfulness. It allows you to shrink within your inner mind, and it allows you to trick yourself. It's almost like mental yoga. Now, some people, I'm not one of them, but some people can do actual yoga. Take the activity route, focus on an activity that you love to do, Tai Chi, do whatever you got to do. It's great. All those things give you directionality. They move you along a path, and the anxiety falls away as if it was just a cloak you no longer need because the sun is shining. And then how do you prepare to block impending anxiety, something that is going to come at you tomorrow? Well, you got to do that by getting a good night's sleep. And to do that, you have to also eat a good meal, have good nutrition. So those are part of the formula. But I go one step further. We're in the digital age. People are addicted to their screens. They're always looking at blue screens. They're all looking at computers, tablets, smartphones, you name it. People need to understand that they are not giving their brain time to rest. The neurobiology needs time to rest, redefine what it is, where it is, put everything in its own filing cabinet so that it gets a fresh start the next day. So I teach people, if you want to stop anxiety tomorrow, you have to have a structured power down today. All the digital devices go off a couple hours before you go to bed. You get yourself into a hyper-focused situation of something that you're very, very prone to do, something that you love to do, a passion. Mine happens to be either writing or reading. And so you do that, but you are not engaged with a screen, you're engaged with your mind, you're engaged with something uh, that's either tangible or it can be abstract, as long as you're not stretching yourself to the point where you're not continuing that power down. You have to power down. And then the last 30 minutes before you go to bed, do your gratitudes, do your reminders, do your appreciations. God put you here for a reason. Did you fulfill that reason today? And if not, what's the first positive thing you're going to do tomorrow to get back on track? Those are how you conquer anxiety from the front end, not the back end. Now, do I run into clients and people who need help beyond my control? Certainly. Unfortunately, mental health issues pervade our society. We cannot do anything about that, but if it's not within our power and we're not competent professionals to handle that, we need to say, look in the mirror. Give them to someone who can. Don't let them go. Be their shepherd. Be their partner until you hand them to that next person who does have the competency to help them get through that next step. That's when, as a collective society, we will conquer anxiety. We're almost out of time. Wow, I can't even, I'm speechless to this. Let me go to the next thing because we are, we are out of time. This is so good. Please listen to us, please share this, this podcast, please share this episode. Let me go here. We talked about mental illness, we've talked about trauma, we've talked about defeat. We talked about the messy build, uh, the messy business of relationships. We talked about the contamination. We talked about that rusty nail that can go and make us sick on the inside. We talked about our battles, the ones we, we won on the outside but lost inside. And it really led me to, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk politics. I don't. But instead of losing family members 
over politics and friends over politics because these are situations that are conversations that I feel like you don't have to have because there are so many things going on with politics right now we've never seen the strife related to politics that we've seen today I want to open up the panel I want to open up the panel in the future, how are we going to navigate around some of these discussions as it relates to, uh, to politics and who, you know, who is this person voting for? Because politics has now become chaotic. I don't feel like politics has always been this chaotic. And, and you know, the first president, George, George Washington, he, he warned us of this. He warned us of having different political parties because for some reason, somehow, he saw this way back in like 1789 that this could potentially go into effect. The panel is open. How do we navigate around the chaotic structure of the politics today? Who wants to take that first? Can I, can I chime in here? Cause you are literally like speaking to my soul. First of all, I want to say everybody on this panel is so powerful. I, if I had like the cheer button, I would be cheering. Like I was sitting here cheering, listening to everybody speak. So you guys are all amazing. Um, I, I want to say this. I, one of the things that I have found is that the, the powers that be, and again, I'm not going like, to say who they are because I don't know who they are, but they have been dividing us for so long. And it's on politics, it's on race, it's on gender, it's on religion, it's on like so many different things. One of the things I strive to do in this world is to unite us. One of my favorite words is Ubuntu. I learned that when I was in Rwanda. And when I saw that, I, it, I was like, oh, my God, this is, I have it tattooed on my body. Ubuntu means I am because we are. And this is the universal connection we have with each other. I want to bring, in all the work I do, I want to bring us together in that Ubuntu, I am because we are collective consciousness. It's Christ consciousness. It is, it is not the division and so, if, if anything I do in this world is, like, uniting people in, like, the human condition, and I extend that to animals, too. So, it's not just the human, it's, we're all connected. We're connected to the animals. We're connected to the, the plants. We're connected to the earth. So, if I can put that plant, that seed, like somebody had spoken about earlier today, plant that seed with people to let them know that, you know what, we have more in common that unites us than divides us. And so let's stop focusing on those things that divide us. Yes. You know what, you and I might have a different political opinion or a different opinion about this or that, but we are all human. We're all souls walking this earth, having a human experience. We can unite on that. So I want to focus on the things that unite us and not put the focus on the things that divide us. And that is why I am here. And that's why I do all that I do. So thank you for allowing me to be part of this panel. Oh, we had to have you here. You you were the a missing piece of the puzzle. That was that was exceptional. Exceptional. Who's next? Who's next? I want to uh, go ahead and chime in because I think I'm out here in uh, politics crazy central in Arizona. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of loony bins out here. Anyways, uh, you know, we're, the uh, the title is Interrupt the Chaos. It's been well known for several decades that politicians don't solve problems. They extend problems because they need the noise in their base so that they can keep getting reelected. And if without, if all the problems were solved, their power would diminish because the people wouldn't need their direction as much. And so every time even a potential solution to a problem comes to the table, there's someone who is in the back room saying, how can we shove this under the rug so that we can extend the problem. Now, you know, I'm a conflict professional. 
when people are deliberately trying to increase the conflict in the room, that's completely counterproductive to anything in society. So I just turn off all the politicians. I don't care about the left. I don't care about the right. I only care about the issues that are pro-social issues that are important to me, my family, my friends, and my neighbors, and my extended neighbors. I want to happen in this world what will make their life better, and it doesn't matter who brings the solution to the table. Obviously, given the decades that we've put up with this continual churn from the back room, it isn't going to come from the politicians. It has to come from the people. So be you left, be you right. God bless you. You've made your choice, and I'm not going to stand in your way. I chose the central path. I believe that God said, don't choose sides, choose right. I think that the devil will defend himself. And the reason I say that is a lot of people claim a political belief based on a spiritual belief after they have lost their spiritual belief thinking in a worldly manner. And I'm going with ideas like love your enemies, uh, I, I'm going with ideas or think of your other person is greater than you. I go up to all of these things that we say we believe in, but then we'll listen to a politician in a minute, call the other one an ignoramus, calling them uh, bad names. Uh, we'll uh, jump on against the LGBTQ uh, people only because they're not thinking or doing like I want them to do, but I'm supposed to love the sinner and not the sin. And all these things I claim to believe in, I've let the world take me away from my spiritual beliefs and get me involved in their silo conflicts. Ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. Randy Blake. Boom, boom. Mm, take, man, us home. Uh, take us home. Take us home. Knock us into the popcorn section. Yeah, you know the popcorn <laughs> section is outside I, the ring, right? I, I, Go ahead. I, I tell you what, man, just, just listening to that from everyone, man, y'all make me want to come jump out of retirement. <laughs> no, but, you know, just to, to kind of segue off of what everyone said, uh, you know, one of the things I've learned from one of my mentors, I got many mentors, but um, you guys all know our grandmaster Jesse Bowen, he, he says his best. There is no new information. I'll say it again. There is no new information out there. So, we have all the answers. And for, for me personally, uh, I would say it's all about building a team. You gotta have a team. Nobody, like, we're not meant to do this alone. You know, so we do have a lot of people that go around, oh, it's all about me, you know, look at what I did, you know, um, I got, I got, you know, CEO company, blah, 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 blah. But you ask that person, how many people have you helped? Can you name off? Four people that you've helped become just like you or greater, they can't do it, you know? And you look in the sports world, okay, well, how did Michael Jordan get six championship rings? Yeah, he took the game-winning shot, but he had help. He had a coach. He had a team. How did Tom Brady get seven world titles, you know? I didn't, I, I, I didn't do it alone. Yes, I was in the ring. Yes, I did the knockout, but I had help. I had a team. I had a surrounding cast. And I think that's how we, we, we jump forward into helping make the, the world a better place, but more importantly, our own country, right? Because um, I don't think it's really going to get better until we all come together as a team, you know? And I like what, what Buddy said. You shouldn't have to choose, you know, blue or red or, you know, you know, or whatever it is. We should all be able to come together and just say, look, this is what's right. This is what we're actually going to do. Let's all work together. Let's not be divisive. Let's hold hands. And maybe who knows if we can all just sing the Michael Jackson, we are, are, we are the world song. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that that would be a start. Let's, come together, let's, let's have teamwork, uh, and there is no new information out there, and we have all the answers. Now we just have to be proactive and just do it. This has been another Impact for Night of Impact Education Leadership. Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast.